Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping and reacting to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 from nowhere to counter-Earth and everywhere in between. That's right, we both recently just saw this movie. We were actually in the same theater. I don't think that's ever happened, especially for one of these reactions, at least. And uh, when I say we... podcast time. Exactly, yeah. Uh, When I say we, who am I talking about? I'm talking about myself, Mike Gibson, and my co-host, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Cosmo the astronaut dog the, yeah, the cosmonaut yeah she is she and what a good dog she is she is officially a good dog so if you uh if you if you have not seen or have not heard or don't want to be spoiled on guardians of the galaxy volume three why are you listening uh yeah, turn it off now get out of here. and uh we'll talk to you in our next episode which uh if you would like to view you can like subscribe and follow us on any social media yeah and leave us a review in your podcatcher of choice because, well, that would help us. Yes. Um, real quick, I'll give a I'll give a quick non-spoiler review of this movie. I thought it was great. Yes. Okay. I so well, y- yes, and there's other thoughts too. But okay. Yes. So yes, and, yes and yes and <laughs> asterisks is is, is for yeah. Steve. I thought it was pretty much straight up great. No asteries. That's a plural yeah. asterisk, right? Asterisks. Asterisks. Yeah. Asterisks. My 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 asterisized uh, thoughts would be more on the direction of the MCU as a whole and more ah. eso- more esoteric things. The movie itself, I thought, nailed it. Okay. Well, then that's our non-spoiler review. Get out of here if you don't want any spoilers because we're about to start spoiling the movie right now. All right. Um, I haven't liked a Marvel movie this much in a really long time, Steve. Yeah. A really long time. Like possibly, I think at least since Avengers Endgame, I think, I don't think I've liked any Marvel, any Marvel, anything that has come out. Eh, Maybe, maybe Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There hasn't been a feature length film that I've liked this much. And that's including my reaction coming out of No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah, which you loved. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and again, certainly, that one, anyone who hasn't heard, it's like, loved it initially. The rewatch or more thought about it was like, oh, that was just a nostalgia trip. Seeing the cracks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I was like emotionally moved by this movie. I thought it looked great. I thought the, uh, the action was incredible. I thought it was very well shot, very well directed, very well conceived, as we'll get into later. Um, I laughed out loud. I cried. Um, I thought it was, uh, just, just excellent. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, it hit you. And, and that hasn't happened emotions. for me in a Marvel movie since Endgame. So, yeah. I mean, I forgot that Marvel, like, this is just like, oh, this is why I used to really just love all of these movies. Um, before I started getting sick of, or, you know, before they started all feeling the same, like this one didn't feel the same. Right. And you could tell that there was some real craft behind it and it was not beholden to a thousand other storylines because it just took place in space like the first two. It's part of the reason why I like the first two so much that they're not part of like the Avengers. And, you know, when they're in Infinity War and Endgame, those are great, too. 
they work very well with those characters but it's so much easier to conclude a trilogy when you don't have the baggage of 30 other movies to have to like weave in and out of or you know can you know uh conflate with or whatever so yeah um no it was yeah it was a it was a rocking rolling good time i mean the the soundtrack was i i don't know how many times i was sitting there like tapping along with the soundtrack as you do with any james gunn film but like right from the bat that acoustic version of creep by radiohead with rocket singing along was just like it 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 set the tone for the whole thing yeah and i i i've I didn't think that was going to be how it kicked off or what I was going to feel as soon as the movie opened, but it worked great and it set the stage. It really did because as we had heard and as Steve and I can confirm, this movie is centered on Rocket, Rocket Raccoon and his backstory. It certainly has plenty for the other characters to do and they all certainly get moments to shine in their own ways. But Rocket is kind of the backbone of this story and setting it up with a kind of somber song and you're just kind of watching Rocket listen to the song and humming along with it or walking along while he's hearing it. Like, oh, yeah. he's relating to these words. I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. Like, he's like, you really understand. You- completely understand like kind of where he is and what he's thinking about well and even the verses like uh when you're here before couldn't look you in the eye like yeah the whole everything about the song was like in my brain because i know the song like lyrically as well as i do i'm just like holy hell this is fitting too perfectly and you can see why he's in that state that he is when he's listening to it yeah and also i thought it was um I mean, I don't remember specifically lines of Rocket saying this, but he seemed to never really show an interest in uh, Quill's music um, at all, whether it be like not wanting to dance or not caring about, you know, songs or whatever. But like the fact that he is at a point where he is feeling vulnerable enough to be affected by songs kind of like shows us some growth for his character and certainly shows us sets us up for where his character is going to go in the film. Um, uh, And it was great. I thought all that's all the rocket stuff was really incredible. Um, uh, And I know there was a lot of people that thought, I mean, okay, we're, we're in spoiler territory, so it's fine. I hesitated because I wasn't sure. I was like, should I say this? I was like, no, it's spoiler. We're going to, we're talking full spoiler. So um, a lot of people thought rocket was going to die in this movie based on how James Gunn, was talking about it. We had talked about it. Um, I really thought Drax was going to die. We talked about that a lot too. He did not. Yep. Nobody died. <laughs> no yeah. main characters died. This movie, classic MCU. Right. So can't really be shocked. Um, the group but, uh, did disp- get disbanded, but nobody died. Yes. And there was a there was a well, moment. No. Let me rephrase that. A lot of people died. None of the guardians died. None of the main characters <laughs> died. Yes. Um, main hero characters died. The uh, there was a moment in the movie. I don't really remember when it was, but it was like a little bit into the third act, and I can't remember what happened or why. But I was like, "Oh, wait, nobody's gonna die." Like, there's not. I think it was when when Rocket came back, and there was something just after that. 
something just after that happened where I think Drax got shot twice and he just stood right back up and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, they're all coming out of this one alive. Yeah. Um, I was like, they're, they're not, they haven't like, they haven't threaded anything enough to build up to any character dying unless it was going to be like just out of nowhere. Like they get hit by a bus and they're like without any like setup or pathos at right. all. Like that could, but I was like, I don't think James Gunn is the kind of writer director to do that. So I don't think any of these characters are going to die. And then I was right. And Rocket kind of early on in the movie, when, when you realize that the first half of the movie's plot is going to be about saving Rocket's life, he's on life support for like the first half of the movie. Right. I was like, they're not going to spend half this movie saving Rocket's life only for him to die. So Rocket's definitely not going to die. I Weird, knew that earlier. Weirdly, on. though, they actually did get me right at the scene. Like oh, when he was when when he was in coming heaven or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit! They actually dying. are going to do it. Yeah, like there I was, was like, there was a minute where because I was in the same boat where I'm like, oh, he's going to be fine. He'll be fine. I'm like, whoa, whoa, well, maybe not. Okay, we're back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I kind of thought that for a second too, and I was like, yeah, I don't I don't think they take one of the main characters of this franchise and just have them on life support for the entire movie and then they just die <laughs> like i don't think that's i don't think they would do that no um, in my in my yeah. brain i was already going through like all right they're actually going to send him off like like they did and that's going to break quill and they're going to beat the high evolutionary or yeah. do whatever but it's going to cost them the guardians you know what yeah, i mean like right it was going to be this bittersweet ending of yeah they saved yes. everything but they're all despondent and broken yeah um i did not expect rocket's friends to die that was very sad and horrible yeah <laughs> i i thought that maybe i knew they weren't all going to escape together i thought something was going to i thought rocket was going to be the only one to escape mm -hmm. and he all uh, and that would the the thing would be that he has always felt guilty that he was the one that got out and the other three are still there. And I thought he was eventually going to go back and they would still be there. Um, uh, but no, Spoiler <laughs> worse than that. they weren't, Spoiler alert. they died. Um, really so gruesome yeah. deaths too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just blatantly shot. Um, um, but yeah, so the whole all rocket stuff was great and heartbreaking. And like that's clearly when people were talking about how it's sad or like mm -hmm. devastating, like clearly that's what they were talking about. Um, but like we said, I think everyone gets time to shine in this movie. I thought this was some of the best acting I've ever seen Chris Pratt do, I think. Yeah. Ever. Because um, he was more like it's still funny. Like this movie's really funny, but Chris Pratt specifically was like more of a serious tone to his character i guess because like, like a somber tone yeah yeah because of what he's dealing with they touch on him being kind of an alcoholic a little bit in the beginning which i thought was interesting kind of? um well yeah nebula clearly. literally has to carry yeah him. Yeah, yeah yeah um uh and i don't know so he i think he's he's he was acting from a bit of a darker place because of the you know natural his character's storyline makes sense mm -hmm. for him to, to do so and i think he really crushed it um uh, Karen Gillan was great as Nebula. A lot of stuff for her to do. Um, I mean, Zoe Saldana is an incredible actress in everything yeah. that she does, but um, it was cool to see her playing straight up um, take no bullshit Gamora again. Um, right. 
and and more of like traditional Gamora in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Of just and this I didn't, ultra badass. Yeah, yeah. And I did not think that they would uh, rekindle their romance, Gamora and Quill. And they, I'm glad that they didn't because it would have been too. It would have just been like too rushed. Yeah, I think um, for them to do that, there's not enough time. I am glad um, that she came around a little bit and softened up like to the guardians. Yes. Yes. And I, I thought at least that would happen. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah she's not going to be like a complete, you know, asshole towards the rest of the crew for all time. Um, uh, Dave Batista had some great stuff as Drax. Um, uh, the one that plays Mantis. Palm Clementine. Uh, yep. Palm Clementine. Uh, she was great. Mantis had a lot of cool stuff to do. Um, and again, I really like the design of this movie, I guess. Like I, I, I'm kind of, I guess we're kind of jumping all over, but, um, this is the next thing that I thought of. Like, I feel like we've seen so many space movies, like so many star Wars movies or so many star Trek movies, like anything we're, else. We're going to be talking about Dune in the next, uh, we're talking about Dune where, you know, we, like alien, whatever. Like there's so many different like sagas or like space epics. It's a hard to find. Uh, it's it, a lot of it stuff. You, you feel like you've seen it before, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there was a lot of cool stuff in this that I had never thought of before. Like, they go to like a space station that's like made of organic flesh, which is super gross. But also, I've never seen anything like that before. And oh, like, the first time that popped on the screen, I literally was laughing. <laughs> I was yeah, like, what yeah. the hell did James Gunn's brain come up with here? Yeah, and like all the, you know, like normally in so many sci-fi things to work, you have to like put your hand on a panel and there's like a green line that scans your hand and then whatever like and these guys they're just putting their hands in like puddles of goo to like work machinery and stuff like that's i've never seen that before a little like hovering microphone that uh jennifer holland is like pushing around when she like needs it and stuff like that's super cool stuff like i've never seen that in a sci-fi movie before so uh, uh, very also, inventive. shout out to Nathan Fillion for being absolutely oh, hilarious great. as the uh, yep. captain of the guard there. Yeah, he was hilarious. He was super funny. Which, um, you know, James Gunn movie. Gotta have Nathan Fillion in it. Yeah, he's been in a lot. Um, he's done like a voice. He did a voice in the first one, right? He wasn't like, yeah, I don't I think, think he's so. been fully in character in, in either of the Guardians movies, but he's been in like background photos or a voice at least. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was cool to see. I feel like I haven't seen him in anything in a long time, so it was cool uh, to see him at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Steve, what did you think of Adam Warlock in this movie? Big MCU debut of Adam Warlock. That was probably one of my only disappointments just from a character and broader, like a broader character standpoint. When um, I was watching it, I was like, I bet Steve doesn't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, in all honesty, like thinking about what was like, what the character was and how they did it in the movie, it was funny. It was fitting, but at the yeah. same time, it was like, I don't know. Um, it, it just. I, I really don't even know how to put words to it. It was just a weird take on it that seemed well, because like they, it seemed to work and it may work moving forward, but it was just like this infantile take on it. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, they set up the fact that he was still like a child, had the mind of a child basically. So he's not really in full control uh, or full, not working with like full knowledge of why or what he's doing. Um, 
which definitely worked for comedy and it certainly worked for the movie. Um, I can see, you know, like you, like I said, I didn't think you would love it. Fans of (laughs) Adam Warlock in the books, not loving it because he's kind of very stoic, powerful, very in control character, at least as far as I know him. Um, But I do think that starting him like this gives him a gives him a place to go uh, in future films. However, they feel like utilizing him in future films, because I feel like if you just give him straight up, I am the stoic, all powerful, all knowing, you know, Adam Warlock. That gets boring after like one appearance, like, okay, well, then if he's if he is that already, he's not going to grow. Yeah. The following movie or anything. Well, and they even like uh, the sovereign even said that they took him out of the cocoon too early. And yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. So, you know, I feel like he will get there, you know, by whatever secret wars <laughs> or whatever he'll be. Yeah. Wherever they um, throw him in. Yeah. Um, but speaking of adversaries in this movie. um, What's that guy's name? Chikuti Iwuji. Yeah, uh, yep. played the high evolutionary. Holy shit! Oh my god, that was great. I thought he was incredible. That was um, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So so good. Just like top tier acting. One very intense, very scary, and just so razor focused on what he wants to do his objectives like literally a nothing is going to stand in my way type of villain written and acted in a way that i 100 percent believed everything that he was doing made sense for his character and that literally he was not going to let anything stop him until it was beyond his control uh of being stopped like yeah. He's letting his ship. He's letting his ship blow up. He doesn't care. He's killing the people that work on his ship. He doesn't care. All he is after is this one thing or this one objective, and it does not matter what he sacrifices. Yeah, at all, at all. Well, um, I mean, to the point where his his own staff mutinies on him. Yeah, and he just and blows he him up. <laughs> like no hesitation. Yeah. He's just like, all right, boom, God. Yeah. Okay. I know. Wild. Wild. Um. Uh, I also loved, I, in general, this is the closest, this is the closest Marvel movie to an R rating that we've ever had. Yeah. Between they're pushing with, with that the, with the actual F bomb and, uh, yep. the, whatever happened, like when they show rocket decimating the high evolutionary's face and then yep. why he had Chikuti was that face stretched over his face um, yes that's what i was a that's what i was about to bring up when i jumped to the r-rated comment because when rocket attacks him you see him scratching the his face like crazy but you yeah. don't see the result of it because we're just with rocket which is again emotionally devastating um and then i when i saw that i was like okay well then how does he have the face that's stretched over like, is he like a cyborg? And that's just like a copy of his original base. Like the 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 design of the high evolutionary with the face stretched out one is very is creepy as hell. Like as soon as you get close enough to realize that's what it is, you're like, oh, that's like stretched skin over some kind of yep. metal exoskeleton. I was just like, is he a robot? And I saw it in the flashback, Rocket scratched his face. I was like, well, then 
how does he have a face? Like, what is where did that face come from? Clearly, it's a copy. And then when the, you do see him without the face, it is jarring and disgusting mm-hmm. and just really impactful. Like, it works. It, it it's it's such a cool effect. It looks amazing. I don't know if it's computer generated or if it's like a uh, some sort of uh, practical something, some sort of practical puppetry or something that they're using to make that mouth move. But it looked really good and was terrifying. So like that, like plus the MCU's first f bomb, plus some of the other language. There's like some you know they drop some shits and some you know you sick son of a bitch. I think they say a couple yeah. times too. So like there's pretty strong language in this movie, um, and it's very violent. Like well, what were they gonna say no to James Gunn on his way out? I know. Yeah, especially like it's the third. He's ending his trilogy. This is like a big movie for them. Big movie for them. Um. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little, little bit of extra. It was a kind. It was more intense all over. It was more intense emotionally. It was more intense visually. Yeah. Um. And uh, just tonally, I think it was more intense. Yeah. Um, and it's um, it, it, yeah, it, it's full full George Lucas, faster and more intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anything else uh, stick out for you as far as what you liked about this or didn't like any other? No, I was I was kind of happy. Like in the in the comics, it's not like the High Evolutionary has. Uh, it's not like that's where Rocket's backstory is or anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the way it worked and the way they tied it in, I think, worked great. Yeah. Like that was it was fully believable. Um, and it yeah it, it I. I that's that's one of those where they can take it from the comics and I'm still quite uh quite happy with how it ended up. So Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um I uh I got very emotional uh with Nebula's line to Drax about you weren't born to be a destroyer, you were born to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Got me. And um I called this because they forecasted it earlier in the movie, or foreshadowed it early in the movie. I leaned to my wife and said, it's going to end with um, Peter going back to Earth to see his grandfather. Yeah, when as soon as they said something about what you haven't even gone back to see your grandfather, I'm like, well, that's where he's going. Yeah, and then it was that plus then when Gamora found the picture of them. I was yep. like, oh, he's going to he's gonna go back there. And then she gave it to him. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, okay, this is definitely going to happen. Um, but like the reunion of Peter and his grandpa got me big time. That mm-hmm. was like, I was crying <laughs> when that happened for sure that was great uh, it was a great way to end it i thought so um, that was actually the second post-credit scene the not the reunion the reunion was in the movie oh proper. yeah the post-credit the scene, post-credit was, the, scene was, was them at the uh, coffee the table. table yeah 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 um uh yeah i thought it was great I liked it a lot. I thought there was one other thing I was going to say about it, and I don't remember what it is now. Um, it felt, I guess it it didn't feel too long. I'm not sure what you could have cut out of it. It was two no. and a half hours long. It I'm felt, not sure that it there felt was long, that, but tight. Yeah. There wasn't like any real, yeah, there wasn't any real fluff in there. Like you would have had to cut out like an action beat or something. You know? Right. And all of them seemed pretty well yeah well cut and well choreographed and there was one like that hallway fight scene that was all looked like it was all one shot and i'm sure it was all like i'm sure it was computerized to make Mm -hmm. it look like it was all one shot um because there's a lot of effects going on and that was like a really cool fight um 
but it was almost like too much for me. I was just like, okay, this, I get it. This is a cool, you know, supposed to be the badass, you know, slaughter <laughs> fight or whatever. And it is, but I'm like, it's a little going on a little too long. I mm-hmm. just keep moving this movie forward. Um, and also I saw online, somebody point out that they make a big deal out of saving all of the other animals that have been experimented on except for these animals that have been experimented on these ones we're just going to murder all of those (laughs) and like yes it's because they're made to be the quote-unquote evil ones and they are the ones attacking the guardians so they're like they kind of have to fight them but still it's a little like okay so you're saving the cute ones and you're just going to murder the ugly ones (laughs) yes i get that yeah um i mean clearly this movie is like an allegory for like corporate animal abuse right I mean, that's yeah. kind of how I read it. I loved it. Um, I, I mean, really cool. they, they literally <laughs> said that. In- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the. Um, oh, no. I'm also thinking of I just got done watching League of Super Pets, which. Uh, oh, yeah. Is in the <laughs> yeah. same vein. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. they also literally say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked Groot in this movie a lot. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Changing his thighs, getting just down to a head at one point in the beginning if that was cool <laughs> Groot um, go kaiju <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah full kaiju um and the scene where he had the guns hidden inside him i i figured that's what mm-hmm. he was doing when you know you know what to do with this was like yep. yeah, yeah yeah that was really cool um and a super fun scene where they steal that guy and just jump out of the window <laughs> that yeah. uh ships is taking out that was awesome um Groot sprouts wings which makes you know i believe that yeah Sure, why not? Um, what did you think about Groot saying, I love you guys at the end of the movie? So the way I took that was that we finally understood him because it was yes, right dude, after Gamora finally I, understood him. Yes, that's yeah. what I felt too. That's okay. what I thought too. I loved it. I didn't, it didn't dawn on me until like then I woke up today yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, that was, we, we can understand him yep. now. That's what it is. And it's it the took last me a minute too saying. and that it came to me like, I think yeah sometime last night or this morning I was just like yeah oh yeah that's why he said that (laughs) because it's the last thing that we hear him say too like there's no other I am Groot's even in the post credit scene or whatever so like I thought that was awesome yep that was great um so yeah it looks like Rocket is going to continue on as captain which is great and emotional and uh wonderful some of them disband Nebula goes off to I don't know Nebula's still there isn't she or no 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 she she goes away she and Drax are Running nowhere, I think. Oh, yeah. They're, they're staying to run nowhere and look after the kids. That's right. Yep. Peter's going home. Mantis is going to find herself. Yep. So it's Rocket and Groot and Craglin and uh, Adam Warlock. Yep. And was there someone else? Yes, there was. Uh, so the first, this is the first post credit scene. Yes. Right? Uh, the other, the little girl that they had broken out yeah. of the High of Luke's yeah, yeah, yeah. prison. Any idea who that is? Oh, no. She's somebody? That is Phyla Vell, one of the Guardians from the comics. Oh, A Kree-Titan cool. hybrid in the comics. I mean, it seems like it's a oh. different origin in the, the MCU, but Phyla Vell, yeah. like the the energy around her hands made me realize. I was like, oh, okay, yep, they're, they're definitely going that way. And then Rocket was well, like, cool. or Rocket said something about Phyla. I'm like, I th- yeah, that's got to be. So, yeah. Um some nice awesome. ties ties back to the comics with that one and yeah it's a uh, i also i love the comic accurate suits that we got yeah finally yep. yeah it took a while um, but whatever what's that i said it took a while but we got there 
Yeah, we got there. We got there. I also love that Peter Quill did not use his mask at all. I mean, I know that's like comic accurate, but or his um, boots, or his rocket boots. Yep. I um, he I have gotten. <laughs> What's that? I said he could have used them. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Um. Although it was cool when he used did that. Uh, he used like the uh the pressure from that wire that he pulled at the end. Oh, and, like, yeah. He like yep. held it until it was time to like give him a little boost. I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool. Um, because I was like, why is he holding that? Why is he holding that? Why is he? Oh, perfect. Okay, great. Um, I uh, uh what was I just gonna say about what we we're just talking about? Uh-huh. Oh, the rocket boots and the helmet. I I've gotten increasingly tired uh in Marvel movies, but also just kind of like I mean Marvel movies. Use they use it all the time, but other superhero and sci-fi movies have adapted it too. Where like a character just pushes a non-existent button behind their ear, and then an entire mask of nanobots or whatever just goes and covers their whole face. Like right, I don't just like just take a helmet off, man. I don't just take your mask off. Like I don't need <laughs> Spider-Man to just do with net. Just take just pull it off. Like well, that's it's part one of thing. It for me, you know, it's one thing for Spider-Man, but like for Quill, it kind of make like space dude. You're right. Okay, well. Cool. Quill is the first one I remember them doing that with. Right. And I appreciate it because I was like, oh, this is like space technology. I can forgive this. Great. But like when it starts happening with like Captain America or whoever else, right. you know, even like Iron Man, I get it. But still, like I'd rather just like I'd rather see a, like a shink, like a shield go up, like yeah. a face plate up on his face or something, you know. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the Iron Spider suit didn't need to be to nanobots. It. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I like that he just didn't have it <laughs> at all, I guess. I was like, oh, cool. Then you get to see his face. But I mean, he was probably hammered and forgot it when they took off. You're right. Maybe so. Yeah, because they took off in haste. You're right. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, yeah, I think we touched on everything that I wanted to touch on. I think, I, you know, we got at the end that um, the legendary Star-Lord will return. Yeah. So um, if anyone saw so that and didn't get the reference, the legendary Star Lord is a uh, one. It's a Quill centric run of comics. Uh, there's at least three volumes. I can't remember who wrote it. Oh, I see. I didn't but, know that. Yeah, that's a it's a standalone book for him. That's it's a I, I haven't read any of it, but it's I think it's pretty fairly well regarded. Oh, interesting. All right. So, so I mean, as far as who's going to come back and who's not, we know Dave Bautista said he's done, uh, which is interesting because they kind of just left him. At nowhere, which is like a place that I feel like we could easily go to again. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. For any reason, so interesting. He just won't be there, I guess. Um, but the only, so I guess, Chris Pratt as Star Lord is the only one that's confirmed to come back as of right now. Now that I'm um, thinking about that, uh, Legendary Star Lord was a 2015 run uh, from Sam Humphreys, art by Paco Medina. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Sam Humphreys is a great writer. I like him. Well, he might be the, you know, uh, impetus for more Star-Lord centric uh, ideas here. Awesome. Um, There were a few times during this movie, as I was enjoying it very much, that I got a little, little extra kick of enjoyment thinking the guy that made this movie is making Superman <laughs> like that's <laughs> but that's see awesome. that's where I still can't get my brain around it is like the general feeling and vibe of this movie and yeah. any James Gunn movie mm-hmm. this is again this is also part of why I have the hesitations about Taika doing Star Wars 
Right. Is like, I can't wrap my head around a James Gunn feeling Superman movie. Um, This movie actually kind of helped me a little bit more. Yeah, I can feel see it that. because a lot of people. I mean, if you haven't read a bunch of Superman, you might not realize that there's some weird shit in Superman. Superman is an alien. He interacts with other aliens all the time. He mm-hmm. has a collection of uh, like last of their species, plants and animals in his Fortress of Solitude. So there's like potential for some weird shit <laughs> to be seen in a Superman movie. Um, if he has to go into outer space to like yeah. fight, save an alien race, he has to do that all the time. So like, um, you know, I could easily see some weird you know, hands in goo type kind of scenes <laughs> or oh, yeah. giant tentacle monster kind of scenes. Um, but at the same know, time, ba- for me, it's not even the weird and the wild. It's like James Gunn is notorious for writing in his comic relief. And where are you getting that outside of like Jimmy Olsen? Um, well, do you need it outside of Jimmy Olsen? I mean, if you're not going to be on Earth and hanging out at the Daily Planet, then probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to. We're going to have to wait and see. But like, or rather, we don't need it. But I, I feel like every gun movie I've ever seen, that's been like the cornerstone of it. Is yes, it's it's weird. It's kind of funky, but it's also grounded in. There's this through line of keeping you there with a good story and the humor yeah. to offset it, like serious story with the humor. Yeah, to balance. I don't know. I'm sure he can. I'm sure he will. No, it's not like Clark Kent isn't allowed to crack a joke. You know what I mean? Like he can be funny also. And, you know, if you if you're if you're going to do a Lex Luthor, he can be like viciously funny or quippy or something, you know, like villainously Mm -hmm. funny. Lois can be a really like snarky and uh, funny character as well. Um, So I don't know. I think there's enough there. And like, look at how he wrote Rocket in this movie. Like, Rocket's not funny in this movie, really. You know, he may right. have a couple of funny lines in the second half, but. Um, well, I mean, you know. most of the first half, he was just on a exactly, board. Yeah. But so. in those, um, like his whole. Yeah, even the flashbacks and that. His whole story arc. It's, it, it, when oh, it's dude, how, him, but, how heartbreaking was it that the first word that he uttered was hurt? Oh, uh, yes. I was yes. just like, oh, God. Yeah. Just raw. Oh, I know. And then when he saved the little babies at the end and they all cra- yeah. crawled onto his back because raccoons carry their babies on their back, I was like, this is adorable. Oh, God. What was the song that was playing during that? Because, again, it was Ooh, absolutely perfect. I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of great needle drops. Yeah. At the end, I was like, I hadn't heard that the um, Dog Days Are Over song in a long time. Right. When it started, I was like, Sounds familiar. And I literally thought, it sounds like that Florence on the Machine song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh it is. That's why. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. He, he confirmed on Twitter that that was, he had been thinking for a long time that that was going to be the the end needle drop. It was great. So it, it definitely fit nice. Yeah. Um, was it like some, where, where did they, where did they drop in the meantime? Because that was another one where I was just oh. sitting there like, when they were, <laughs> when they jumped in their oh, in the Teletubby suits, suits there, yeah, 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 yeah. that yep. was really that was a good that was great, that was a good placement, yeah. 
Oh, all right. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, two thumbs up from the Multiverse Report, uh, for sure. Um, it's doing very well at the box office. It's made just under $300 million in its first uh, weekend, I believe. Yep. Not a um, bad uh, not a bad opening. I had just pulled those up haul. and then closed them. Yeah. will be interesting to see uh, if it falls off, um, if it has better legs than, what was the last one, Ant-Man, that had the huge drop-off, right? Yeah. I yeah. This one feels like... It feels like it'll hold comparatively. Yeah. 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 And, uh, honestly, I think it's... Uh, 120 mil, or 114 million domestic and 282 global. So, worldwide 282. Yeah, that's what I see too. Awesome. Yeah. Not bad at um, all. Yeah, I don't know what I was going to say, but it doesn't matter. And uh, so stick around if, you're, uh, if you liked this and you want to hear us talk more nerdy stuff. We're doing our weekly nerd news recap episode right after this if you're watching on YouTube. So uh, keep watching. Um, if you're not, if you're watching later, then just go to the next video and you'll hear our uh, weekly recap. If you're listening, just go to the next episode in your podcast feed or the one before this one. I don't know. Maybe you already listened to it. Mm. Who knows? Know. There's also, if you, if you want to hear us talk about Star Wars, there's a two and a half hour episode that we did last week for May the 4th where we rank our favorite Star Wars films. That was a lot of fun to do. Definitely the longest episode we've ever done. Um, second only to a two-hour one that was also about Star Wars. Um, yeah, there's a so. recurring theme here. If you want us to talk for a long time, apparently it's going to be about Star Wars. Ask us about Star Wars. Um, but other than that, I think that is it. So um, just like what Steve said to all the people that did not want spoilers early on in this uh, episode... You can um, like this video, subscribe to our channel, subscribe to us on your podcast, whatever app that you're listening to us on. Um, contact the, the us. The podcast socials, machine. The, the podcast machine. Sure. Yeah. Multiverse Report on social, Multiverse RPT on Twitter, Multiverse Report at gmail.com, Multiverse Report.com, all that kind of stuff. Like and subscribe. And um, we, uh, we like this movie. And that's all. You got anything else to say, Steve? I did your I did your stuff. No, it seems fine. You did great, man. All Mike. right, cool. Thanks, thanks. buddy. Um, so until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>